Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to the Conservative Daily Podcast. Happy Monday, everyone. My name is Max McGuire. Hope everyone had a great Juneteenth. Hope everyone had a really great Father's Day weekend, depending on, I guess, what you choose to to celebrate over the weekend. I had some fun with my son, with my family. We went to SeaWorld and we and we had lunch with the orca whales. We went behind the scenes and we got to feed the orca whales. It was a fun day. Mr. Bruce, you go ahead, put up my screen. We can see little Max Jr. hanging out with the orca whales. He had the time of his life. He loved it. Um, so belated happy Father's Day to all fathers. Or as a... <laughs> Uh, what, what would the left call it, Mr. Producer? What would the leftists um, call it? A donating. It would be non-birthing. No, no, not donating. Non-birthing. Non-birthing. Donating uh, partner. Um, donating partner. Non-birthing. Donating partner. Yeah. You, um, I like that. Do I have to put that in the rule book? Let me write that. In the I like that. The rule book. Okay. Non-birthing. Donating partner. Um, so happy Father's Day to all fathers and to all non-birthing donating partners. Um, hope you had a great weekend. If you chose to celebrate Juneteenth. You probably noticed that the inaugural Juneteenth nationwide celebration didn't go off as peacefully as some might have hoped. Record levels of violence, murder, street brawls. We're going to cover some of it today. Really scary stuff. So make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Make sure you hit the share button and comment on DLive. Continue commenting. Help us reach more people by sharing the link on DLive. We're also on Twitch and conservative-daily.com. Before we get into it, got to mention that this podcast is brought to you by, brought to you by Pray in Jesus Name News. Our friends over at Pray in Jesus Name, Dr. Chaps, um, sponsoring the podcast. So let's roll a clip so everyone can see what that show's about. Hi, I'm Dr. Chaps. Have you ever seen a TV news anchor stop and pray with his audience after every story? We are unique. And we're inviting you and the intercessors to ask God to change history as we are reporting it. It's conservative, it's Christian, it's trustworthy. Join PIJN News on this channel, it's free. You can subscribe, there's daily content, new interviews almost every day, or visit PrayInJesusName.org to learn more. So that was Dr. Chaps over at Pray In Jesus Name News, that's PrayInJesusName.org, you can check them out, really, really good stuff over there. Okay, let, let, let's get into this. And, and people in the comment section asking, why aren't we talking about the um, the Colorado Secretary of State? We mentioned that at the end of last week's episode. Um, that's Joe's deal. So Joe is still out. Um, he's 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 busy through the week. He'll be, I think he'll be, might call in today, might call in tomorrow, but he's not in studio. So I was going to wait for him to get in since he's so fired up about it. I wouldn't want to deny him the opportunity to rant about it for the first time but i feel like we had our we had our juneteenth celebration on friday i, I don't know if you did i did we had our malt liquor we had our, our oh, chicken i did our I watermelon great time it was fun man thank you for letting me share yeah? those memories with you those early memories yeah they were the early else, man the those early juneteenth memories 100 so one of the jokes was well how do you celebrate it and every other like ethnic or racial holiday that is really celebrated in the united states you eat the food of those people Right on Cinco de Mayo, you eat tacos. On St. Patrick's Day, you cor- eat corned beef and cabbage, even though that's not traditionally Irish food. It's like an Irish American um, food. Uh, so I just got the spread, went to the local chicken restaurant, got pretty much everything. I was just having a good time. Well, apparently, not everyone wanted to have as peaceful of a Juneteenth. <sighs> it's really sad. There was a lot of just violence. I mean, we're going to play a, a clip that I spent the morning figuring out how to blur because if, if you've seen it, it, it is, it's one of the most heartbreaking things you'll probably ever see. It was a man, I, I, I believe his, his wife or significant other, dragged out of their car and shot in the street. The woman was, was severely injured. The man was killed. And so if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen it, we're going to watch it. But I have blurred 
every single thing since the moment that the shot is fired. So you're not going to see, um, you're not going to see that part. So, but it is available online. Um, as as sick as it is, um, it, you need to see it because th- this is <laughs> this is what Biden's America looks like. This is what the inaugural Juneteenth holiday apparently looks like. Really, really terrible, terrible stuff. But before we get to that, let's talk about the other stuff that that aren't just people being murdered in the street. This is a video that comes to us from New Jersey. Uh, one, one of the traditional Juneteenth street brawls. Let's go ahead and put up cut number one. So you can see here the traditional Juneteenth dress of just shorts and a t-shirt. I mean, that's the traditional Juneteenth attire of shorts and t-shirts and people just attacking each other, attacking each other. So I I feel like Juneteenth is going to be hard to get behind because there's so many other things that are happening at the same time, as we'll see in a bit with the Chicago, the horrific shooting in Chicago. As we'll see, there was the Puerto Rican uh, Heritage Parade. And and people dragged someone out of their dragged a man and a woman out of a car for flying a Puerto Rican flag and just murdered them in the street. So you have Puerto Rican Day celebrations, you have Gay Pride Month, you have Father's Day. Notice that you don't see just like fathers going out and just indiscriminately beating people in the streets. Um, I mean, most most fathers just want to have a, have a play a round of golf and just be left alone for the day. Um, it's it, this is going to be a tough month. I, I foresee, and I, I foresee that Juneteenth weekend will probably continue to be a violent weekend. But that that came to us from New Jersey, one of the traditional Juneteenth street brawls. Anyone who's spent <laughs> celebrated Juneteenth for a long time, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, the Juneteenth brawls. James, is, James, in the comment section, say why talk about Juneteenth? Father's Day was more important. Yes, Father's Day was more, was more important, which is why I started off mentioning that I went with my son to SeaWorld and we hung out with the orca whales for the day. Um, this we have to cover this because the violence that, that we've seen on America's streets this past weekend is not being portrayed as Juneteenth violence. Whereas I, I think that if it was a conservative holiday and conservatives were out just murdering people in the street, they probably the media probably would have made that connection. Um, we we have, we have to cover this because th- this this video which we're going to get to from Chicago and and we'll and we'll look at how we'll look at what Lori Lightfoot no I'm no fan of Lori Lightfoot at all and yeah I I say, I say it because it's true she looks like Beetlejuice um she is redirecting almost 10 million dollars 10 million dollars from covid relief funding to put towards violence prevention because it's just so out of control. If you'll remember a couple of years ago, Donald Trump offered to bring the feds in to finally give Chicago residents the safe streets that they deserve. Lori Lightfoot said, oh no, we have it all under control. Well, not so much. Now they're taking COVID money because COVID's over in case you haven't gotten that memo. And they're using it for violence prevention. She basically proclaimed that, that violence, street violence is now a public health epidemic. So she's able to use COVID-19 funding. It's all all a big mess. But we we have to cover this. And we'll probably talk about a couple other stories towards the end of the hour. But these these stories are are just too heartbreaking not to cover. So that was that was from New Jersey, right? That was that was New Jersey. There was another really. I mean, anytime there's a shooting, it's tragic. And and I say that even though we on the show, we cover this. From the perspective of, yes, there is a such thing as a justifiable homicide. It's true. It is possible for someone to lose their life and for it to be justified. It's still heartbreaking. It's still tragic no matter how you slice it. This is CNN reporting on a Michigan shooting. Let's go ahead and put up my screen, Mr. Producer. This is how CNN reported it. Michigan police fatally shot a 19-year-old woman who allegedly fired at an officer near a Juneteenth parade. So I'm not going to get too far into it. I'm not going to get too far into it, but look at that headline. The headline says with absolute certainty, police fatally shot a 19 year old woman. And then says that she allegedly opened fire at the officer. I I get that they're protecting themselves, but uh, the way that the headlines are crafted, you'll see um, it, it leaves open to the possibility that the police officer shot them indiscriminately 
and might not have had a legitimate reason. Let's read a little bit into this. A Michigan police officer killed a 19-year-old woman Saturday after police said she shot at the officer near a Juneteenth parade. The officer wasn't injured. The woman, who was not identified police, allegedly fired at a Flint Police Department officer who was working a traffic point during the city's Juneteenth celebration parade. The Michigan State Police said in a statement, preliminary investigation indicates the officer who was working a traffic point for the Juneteenth celebration parade was fired upon by the lone occupant of a vehicle who drove up to him at the traffic point. Upon taking fire, the officer returned fire, striking the suspect. No bystanders were hurt. Michigan State Police is investigating at the request of the Flint Police Department. The shooting in Flint, Michigan, comes days after President Joe Biden signed legislation establishing June 19th as Juneteenth National Independence Day a federal holiday commemorating, uh, they're just wrong, saying the end of slavery in the United States. It's, it's not, we covered that. We're not going to go back into it. You can watch Friday's episode if you want to know what Juneteenth is really all about. So that was how CNN covered it. Um, I believe we have, yes, put up image one. This is the J Detroit Free Press. Detroit, Detroit Free Press, this is how they covered it. Flint police officer fatally shoots 19-year-old woman during Juneteenth parade. Notice how in their headline, they don't even mention the fact that that woman fired first. It's just completely missing from the headline. And it says, Michigan State Police are investigating a, after a Flint police officer fatally shot a woman who they say shot first at the officer work, as the officer worked at the traffic point for the Juneteenth parade. Um, so you see how they're playing the games with it. Even here, they're playing the games with it and leaving out the little bit of the important information that the officer was fired upon first. And this is not by accident. It's not them saying, oh, we can only have the, the subject line, the title be so long. Or That's not what it is. They know that the majority of people don't read the articles. So they would much rather have an article get shared on social media claiming that a police officer just indiscriminately killed someone, which is what you can, you can conclude. A lot of people can conclude if you just read that headline They'd much rather that happen because they know that the their their target demographic isn't going to just widely share an article without even reading it of a woman opening fire at police officers and then them shooting back. So they, they leave it vague on purpose. And is it lying? Well, that depends on your definition of lying, I guess. But they're not giving you the truth and the whole truth. And when I look at this, seeing how other other news outlets have reported it. Even CNN mentioned it in the headline that she allegedly shot first. You have to think that it's intentional, them reporting it that way. So we do have a video of this. I believe this is, yeah, this is the, this is the video of it. And I want to play it because it's important that we see what's going on. This police officer was sitting there and a woman drove up to him and just started shooting him. This is this is happening in our country. And I, I get it. Lots of people don't trust the police. Joe has what he Joe doesn't trust police officers. Frankly, I don't trust police officers. If a police officer pulls me over, I I nothing to say to them. I will give them my name. I will give them my information that they are required by law. But other than that, I'm not saying a thing. I'm not selling, telling them where they're, I'm going. I'm not telling them how fast I think I was going. Every single question police officer asked you is not to help you in a situation like that is to try and catch you doing something wrong. And as I've said over and over again, it is true. Anything you say can will be used against you in a court of law. But what they don't tell you is anything that can help you in a court of law, a police officer won't be allowed to testify because then it becomes hearsay. A police officer is only able to testify against you. If he testifies for you, it's considered hearsay under the rules of evidence. So I don't talk to police. I respect police. I hope they do a great job. But the minute I even think I might be a suspect in any kind of investigation. Nothing to say to them. Nothing to say to them because it, it can't help me. I'm already a free man. Nothing I say can make me any more free. But I want to play this because I want you to see what we're talking about. And the headline, it, the headline doesn't capture exactly what was going on. Now, this was captured by a woman who was, was basically taking the video from another car. And I want you to see this. I don't believe it has audio. It might. Let's go ahead and play this. This is cut number two. I have audio. But you can see that she came up to him, and, and he obviously has his weapon drawn. Looks like whatever. It looks like this was a picture, a video taken from. Yep, there he goes. She opened fire at him. 
he's she obviously not listening to his commands and there you go there's the shot it's uh it's it's tragic no one wants this to happen no one wants this to happen but when a car when a driver drives up to a police officer and just shoots him shoots at him you don't get to claim it don't take claim ignorance you don't get to claim that it was another one of those police murders you don't get to do it right it, N nothing about that is okay. No, police officers working traffic should not have to worry about people just driving up and shooting them. But again, that's apparently the world we live in nowadays. Okay, so let's uh, let let's play let's play this. And and someone just said people showing how violent black people are. That's not what the point of the show is. That's not what the point of the show is. I, I don't know. I still do not know the, the race or ethnicity of the woman in that car. I don't. And if you if you actually looked at the first video play, there were a lot of white people in that scrum too. It, it, it's a it's not a race thing. It's a culture thing, right? It, it has nothing to do with your skin color. Your skin color does not make you more likely to be violent or act out violently. It is a culture thing where, where getting into a street brawl, has anyone seen the videos? I don't have them queued up, but for whatever reason, every week there's just a brawl in Miami airport, there's just a brawl and it's all just like teenage girls just beating the hell out of each other. I don't know what it is. It's like every week across, I, I don't have enough to make a story out of it. I mean, I, I guess we could have, I could have mentioned it today. Um, I'm going to see if I can just pull it up. Um, there's just a, a brawl in the tour, in the terminal after security, just a complete brawl. Yeah, go ahead. Let's go to my screen. Mr. Producer. This is, uh, this is from the New York post. Wild video captures brawl at Miami International Airport. Again, I, it's not a race thing. For whatever reason, there is a cultural thing that is teaching people it's okay just to beat the hell out of someone the minute you get into a disagreement with them. And we see the same thing with Antifa, right? It, it, it's the idea that you your disagreement is somehow violence. The left also says silence is violence. So if you're quiet, they punch you. If you speak back, they punch you. It's not a race thing. It's a culture thing. It's, it's, a, it's a leftism thing. It's it's the same old tired trope we've been covering on the podcast for a long time, that it's not assault if you punch a Nazi. Remember, that was uh, Yvette Falarka. Man, that, that name just sticks with me. Yvette Falarka, um, the head of By Any Means Necessary in California, punched that uh, Trump supporter. She said it wasn't a crime. Her, her defense was it wasn't a crime because um, <laughs> because she was punching a Nazi. And therefore, it's not a crime. It's a public service or something. Something. No, this is a cultural problem. Absolutely. So this video, and again, I spent the morning learning how to blur. And I was a little bit heavy-handed with the blurring. Because what, what this shows, it doesn't show because I blurred it, is, is someone being assassinated in the streets of America. Chicago. I mean, they call it Chirac. But it's still technically America. And it seems that this person, these people were dragged out of their car because they were flying a Puerto Rican flag. It just happened to be the day that there was a Puerto Rican parade. That seems to have been their offense. So we're going to play this. And again, viewer discretion advised, I did my best to blur it. But this is what the streets of Chicago are now like. Play cut three. So you're seeing they're dragging someone out of a car. And then that happens. Shoots him four or five times, it looks like. They're running around. That's just sped up. I blurred it so you can't see it. Let's just cut it there because th there's a moment where the guy, he's on top of the woman and, and he rolls over. And uh... <laughs> play it again. Play it again from the beginning. And when we'll stop before it gets to that. This is dragging this guy out of a car, flying the Perkin flag, and then here it goes. Just shooting him a bunch of times, point blank, running away. Let's cut it. Again, the reporting is indicating that they were dragged out of their car because they were flying a Puerto Rican flag. Now, Puerto Rico, is a, it's, a, it's a territory of the United States. Um, I, have, I know lots of Puerto Rican people. They are very proud of their Puerto Rican heritage and if you've ever been to the new york city puerto rican day parade they show it 
right? it is it's a day of, of complete pride in your heritage. If that is why this person was shot, if, if these two people, man and woman, the man unfortunately died, the woman, unless something changed, um, is, is fighting for her life still. If the reason that they were both dragged out of their car and shot like, like a feral dog in the street, like a rabid dog in the street, the reason they were shot was because the people didn't like their celebration of their Puerto Rican heritage. We have, we have a big problem. We have a big problem if, if, if that's the reason. It's just, I mean, how do you live in a country where there are people who will drag you out of your car and execute you without even a second's hesitation for flying the flag of your heritage. Imagine, just, just imagine going to a St. Patrick's Day parade, flying a Irish flag out the window. Proud of your heritage. I'm, I'm Irish. Proud of your heritage. Someone drags you out of the car and shoots you and your wife. Point blank. That, this is the kind of stuff you expect from a third world country. You expect from a failed state. You expect to see this in Somalia going down the streets of Mogadishu. You expect that this would happen there. You don't expect that this would happen in the United States. Executed for, for celebrating your heritage. And the left says that conservatives are the racists. That we're the, the, the violent extremists. I've yet to see anyone dragged out of their car and executed because they were flying a, a Black Lives Matter flag and some conservative didn't like it. I've yet to see that. And we probably never will. I hope we never will. But no, this is, uh, this is what the streets of Chicago look like. It's terrifying. This is absolutely terrifying. Well, did you see what happened in Fort Lauderdale? Well, before we get to that, let me mention, today's podcast is brought to you by We The People Holsters. I mean, this is as good a time as ever to tell you that if you are legally allowed to arm yourself and you are legally allowed to carry that weapon, which in Texas, now anyone who can legally own a gun can carry a gun starting September 1st, I believe, without a permit. Lots of states also have constitutional permitless carry. Most states also have concealed carry where you can get a permit. It's, it's, it's shall issue. They can't deny you as long as you pass all the requirements. Well, Now's as good a time as any to tell you the importance of arming yourself and carrying on a daily basis to protect yourself, your family, and yes, your community. We the People holsters start at just $40. They're custom molded to fit your exact firearm. So you tell them what kind of gun you have, and they give you a, a, a molded holster, custom molded, exactly to fit your firearm. And they're molded to make sure that they have a quick, smooth draw. There are thousands of different options and configurations to choose from, plus a selection of custom printed holsters, including a line with Realtree camouflage. So if you're a hunter and you use Realtree camouflage, this is great, blends right in. While you're there at We The People Holsters, make sure you also check out their complete line of patriotic t-shirts and their new EDC tactical gun belt, all of which is manufactured 100% in the United States. And I would be remiss if I didn't tell you to also Put a little bit of their bacon jerky in your shopping cart. Yes, you heard correctly, bacon jerky. If you don't like the holster, it snags, send it back, and they'll get you one that works better. That is their guarantee. That's the Made in America guarantee. So make sure you show your support for our show and for this great American company by going to wethepeopleholsters.com forward slash CD. And if you use promo code CD10, Charlie Delta 10, you'll get $10 off your order. Yes, $10. So it's a $40 holster. Use our promo code. Slash is $10 off. It's a $30 holster. So again, go to wethepeopleholsters.com forward slash CD. Wethepeopleholsters.com forward slash CD. And use promo code CD10 to get $10 off. As I mentioned, this is the holster they sent me for my 1911. I love it. Looks nice. It's my barbecue gun. But more importantly, it has a very smooth draw. And I wouldn't recommend something like this if, if I didn't have the chance to at least practice some uh some draws to make sure because we just watched this video this is what this is the country we're living in now where you can just be dragged out of your car and shot in the streets so yeah if you can carry people i'm not telling you to take the law in your own hands i'm not telling you to go become a vigilante 
but there's always going to be people who want what you have. There's always going to be people who want to do harm to you and, and the ones you love. It's your duty to, to, yes, get the training. It's not just go around, carry a gun that you've never even fired before. Get the training and defend yourself, your loved ones, and if necessary, according to the Constitution, your community and your country, which is why we're proud to team up with We the People holsters again this week. So did you see what happened in Fort Lauderdale? This was, again, really, really sad. In Fort Lauderdale, there was a um, there was a tragedy. There was a gay pride parade, and a truck drove into the parade and killed someone. It, it, terrible, terif- terrible, terrifying. And yeah, there were congressmen and uh, congressmen, congresswomen in the parade. So we saw this news story, and it didn't look good. It didn't look good at all. But the mayor, before he even knew anything about it, declared that it was a terrorist attack. Those are, those are big words for a mayor who hasn't even been briefed on the issue. Let's go ahead and put up image number two. Image number two from the South Florida, Florida Sun Sentinel. Mayor of Fort Lauderdale, where a truck ran into crowd at Pride Parade. This was a terrorist attack against the LGBTQ community. He came here to destroy people. This was clearly no accident. Well, it's, uh, that was wrong. That was false. It wasn't true. Kind of got out a little bit too far over his skis on that one. Put up image three. Here's an update from the president of the Fort Lauderdale Gay Men's Corps, so the organ- one of the organizations running the parade, says they believe this was a tragic accident and confirmed the driver was a member of their group. Here's the statement from this, uh, the president of the Florida, uh, Fort Lauderdale Gay Men's Course. Our thoughts and prayers are with those affected by the tragic accident that occurred when the Stonewall Pride Parade was just getting started. Our fellow chorus members were, were those injured and the driver was also a part of the chorus family. To my knowledge, this was not an attack on the LGBTQ community. We anticipate more details to follow and ask for the community's love and support. So you would think, you would think that the mayor, you'd think that the mayor of Fort Lauderdale would apologize. You think that he would admit, and his name is Dean Tritalis, you think he would admit that he got too far out over his skis, he accused someone of a terrorist attack when it was an accident. No, he, uh, he didn't apologize. Let's put up image four. Here's his statement. Mayor Dean Tritalis, last evening at the start of what was to be a celebration of pride for the LGBT. See, he left out the queue. That's, that's triggering me. LGBT community and commemoration of our hard-won victories for equality, our community faced one of the worst of tragedies, the grief of our LGBT, again, I'm really triggered, he left out the queue, community, and greater Fort Lauderdale as a whole is palpable. I was an eyewitness to the horrifying events. It terrorized me and all around me. I reported what I saw. Law enforcement had strong concerns about what transpired, concerns for the safety of my community. I feared it would it could be intentional based on what I saw from mere feet away. Law enforcement took what appeared obvious to me and others nearby and investigated further, as is their job. As the facts continue to be pieced together, a picture is emerging of an accident in which a truck careened out of control. As a result, one man died, two others were injured, and the lives of two members of Congress were at risk. My heart breaks for all impacted by this tragedy. Notice that he didn't apologize. No, nowhere in there is saying, I am sorry that I accused someone of a terrorist attack when he was part of the group putting on the parade. Right? Nowhere in there will you, will you see an apology because he doesn't have one to give. And when he, when he says, it terrorized me, and I, I reported my strong concerns to law enforcement, no, he unequivocally declared that this was a terrorist attack, and we have the footage of him saying that this is a terrorist attack. This is Mayor Dean Trantalis saying what he saw and calling it a terrorist attack. Play cut four. What we witnessed was as we were beginning to assemble the parade, I was walking with Congressman Ted Deutsch and the parade had just begun. And we saw uh, people lining up, ready to move. And all of a sudden this white pickup truck dashed right through the crowd 
barely missing uh, Congressman, uh, Congresswoman Wasserman Schultz's car uh, by inches and just dashed, cut through, smashed through a gate, smashed into a landscaping company, and 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 he hit two people on the ground. As it. What does this appear This to was be? a terrorist attack against the LGBT community. This is exactly what it is. You don't think this was an accident? Hardly an accident. It was deliberate, it was, it was premeditated, and it was targeted by, against a specific person. Luckily, they missed that person, but unfortunately, they hit two other people, which I think they'll be okay. I don't know. They're laying on the ground right now. We're hoping that they'll survive. So... <laughs> I don't want to laugh because uh, this is terrible. Someone died. And I've seen reports that the driver was drunk, may have been drunk, and that he hit the wrong pedal. Instead of hitting the brake, he hit the gas. So if, if he was drunk and he killed someone, yeah, you, th you throw the book at him without a doubt. But this guy, this Mayor Dean Trantalis, did not just voice his concerns. He declared it was a terrorist attack. He declared that it was premeditated. How the hell does he know that a car accident is premeditated? He said that it was a specific attack against a specific person, which he had no evidence to believe that. No, no reason to believe that other than his, hunt, his gut feeling. It's incredible. It, it really is incredible. And the fact that this man hasn't resigned yet should basically show you, tell you everything you need to know about the left. If, if a Republican did this, they would have been asked to resign yesterday. Unbelievable. And yeah, it, it's tragic. Someone lost their life. Always tragic. But in this case, you had the entire Democrat, because it wasn't just him. They were going crazy with this on Twitter, saying it was, it was, it was an, another Pulse nightclub, which was actually committed by a, a, a radical Islamist whose father was like invited to be a guest of honor at Hillary Clinton's one of her rallies. But still, no, it's a conservative problem. Conservatives did it. Trying to create this narrative that they are under attack, that they are under attack, that it, it's the white supremacists, that's the conservatives, it's the anti-gay bigots, right? It, those are the people who are killing members of their community. Yeah, some of it is intentional to create a narrative because it helps them politically. Some of it is their confirmation bias that they believe this is to be true. So when they see a, a car crash like that, they just put the pieces together in their mind and say, oh yeah, that was a white supremacist terrorist attack. What? None of this brings the country together. None of it. None of it serves to bring the country together. It only serves to divide us even further. Which is what seems to be their ultimate goal, right? Donald Trump begged Lori Lightfoot to let him bring the feds in to stop the violence in Chicago. And she played politics with her, with her citizens' lives. She said no. She would rather the violence continue than allow Donald Trump to take a victory lap and fix it. This is happening all across the country. It wasn't just Chicago that Donald Trump offered to help in. It was all around the country. I was looking at the numbers. I, I want to see if I can get the actual numbers. Chicago, I think they had like 50 shootings this weekend. That can't be right, though. That, 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 that's it's insane. Instead, 54 people were shot. 54 people were shot. Eight people were killed. Go to my screen, Mr. Producer. This is from ABC7 Eyewitness News. Nope, not playing your ad. No free ads. Um, oh, get out of here, ad. All right, as I say that, right? Chicago shootings, 54 shot, five fatally. Oh, I guess they changed it. Now it's eight. Oh, it's, it's still five. Five killed fatally. So 54 people are shot in one weekend. Happy Juneteenth. Five people killed. One city. One city. You are more likely, it might have changed, but I, last time I looked at it, it, it used to be a true statistic. You are more likely to be murdered by gunfire in Chicago then you were would be to be murdered by gunfire in Baghdad. Now, obviously, when you go up against terrorists in, in Baghdad or other cities, they, they use different devices. They use improvised explosives, whatnot. But just being shot, you are you are greater risk of being murdered in Chicago than you are in Baghdad, than you are in Afghanistan. It's real statistic. That's why they call it Chirac. These are, these are real numbers. This is our country, and they don't want to fix it. 
they don't want to fix it because they don't want to a admit that there's a problem right they don't want to admit that there's a problem and they also don't want to give conservatives the ability to fix it it's really really shameful stuff but we do have oh here i have this i forgot to put this up go ahead put up my screen mr producer this this happened on friday more ads I'll tell you, they're going crazy with the ads over at Daily Wire. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot declares racism a public health crisis, mentioned this earlier, diverts $10 million in COVID funding. So this is money that Congress passed into law to help cities, states. Remember, we, we were fighting over this because we basically said, this is stupid. You can't just give cities money without real strings attached because if you give them the money, they're going to use it for whatever they want. Well, this is one of those examples. It was $10 million given to the city of Chicago, and Congress just said you have to use it to fight pandemics. You have to use it to fight public health crises, presuming that they would use it for COVID-19. Well, she's swooped in, and she has decided that the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the $10 million in grants that they received, will not go to any disease control or prevention. It will go to gun control. And, and, and she actually specifically is declaring that racism is at play here. And this is how tone deaf it is. Right. When when there is a, a a gang dragging a a Puerto Rican couple out of their car and murdering them in the street. Yeah, I, I imagine that racism is at play there. I imagine that it, it is. Yeah, that, it sounds very ra- like a very racist thing to do. But that's not the racism she's talking about. Right. The, the left thinks that there's this white supremacist scourge. That that is the greatest risk to the country. So when she says she's going to combat racism, she's not talking about racism between blacks and Hispanics. No, as far as she can, she's concerned, that doesn't exist. Now, again, read between the lines, right? I mean, just look at this, look, look at that part of my screen. I mean, this is the same city that gave us Juicy Smollier, Jesse Smollett. I'm old enough to remember that racism in America was so bad that Jesse Smollett had to pay his black friends to commit a hate crime against him. Yes, that's true. And they weren't just black, they were African. A black man hired two African men to fake a hate crime against him. That's apparently the Chicago that is in urgent need of $10 million to fight racism. Listen, if a a black man needs to hire black men to commit a hate crime against you, then there is not a public health crisis of of racism in 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 your city. Just isn't. It's called a spade a spade. Now, she's just going to put it towards whatever. And that's why we fought so hard to stop that kind of funding, because we knew it would be abused. We knew it would be abused. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because they're not even going to go after She's not even saying gang violence is a pandemic and we're going to use $10 million to fight gang violence. No, she's not. I mean, she could use $10 million to track down everyone involved in that video we just showed you and arrest them all and throw the book at them. She's not going to do that. No, because she's also for bail reform, right? She's also for for defunding the police. It's such a warped and twisted worldview. I I can't I every day I try to do my best to to explain to you how warped and twisted these people are and every day it becomes harder and harder to present it with even a shred of logic. Like, like, how can anyone watch that video and also conclude that the police need to be defunded and also conclude that white supremacy and, and white racism is the biggest threat to your, your city? It, it, it's devoid of logic. It's devoid of reason. And yet these people keep getting reelected over and over and over again. I don't get it. I don't see it. I don't understand it at all. What I do understand is that this is a great episode to mention that we are also sponsored by Berna HD. Berna HD is not a firearm. It is a non-lethal self-defense device. So lots of people um, want to defend themselves, but they don't like guns or they they don't have experience with guns. They're afraid uh, of using a gun, which is a a legitimate fear, which is why I tell everyone, if you're going to carry a gun, make sure you get the training. Well, the Berna HD wants to fill that gap to give you an option for non-lethal or I guess more accurately, less than lethal self-defense without having to take anyone's life. So it's a powerful and effective self-defense device that uses pepper, 
pepper and gas and kinetic hard plastic projectiles that will subdue an assailant for up to 20 minutes, giving its user enough time to escape. With an effective range of 66 feet, the Berna HD is more effective than pepper spray or stun guns to have an effective range of 10 feet or less. It's currently adopted by law enforcement and private security firms across the U.S. to de-escalate stressful situations before having to resort to lethal means. Sean Hannity loves these guys. He has them on his show all the time. And, and, and it's not even a paid endorsement. He, he loves the product and he wants to promote it as much as he can, which is why I was very interested when they came to me, said, yeah, send me one. Let me, let me see how it works. Well, I've been putting it through its paces for the last couple of days. It's too hot to shoot outside. Um, so I've actually been shooting it inside. I've made it like a little pillow fort kind of thing, hung up some blankets and shooting the blankets with the plastic projectiles, not the gas, not the, not the pepper. That would be obnoxious. But yeah, it, it, this is a device that if you want something that will that will not neutralize, but will subdue an assailant to give you time to escape, this is absolutely something you should consider. So you, you want to make sure you go check it out at Burna.com, B-Y-R-N-A.com. And if you use promo code CONSERVATIVE10, you'll get an extra 10% off your order. Now, it cannot be combined with any other offers or discounts. Again, that's Burna.com, B-Y-R. NA.com and make sure you use promo code conservative 10 to get an extra 10% off your order. So this is the one they sent me. Um, I was interested in the orange one, but you know what? This is, this feels enough. Like it isn't a gun that I'm okay with this. Um, it fires just to show you how this works because I, I was a complete noob to it. I don't really, I've, I've never fired one of these. You know what this is like? If, if anyone's ever played paintball, they've had paintball pistols for a long time. And they run off of these CO2 canisters. These are the same CO2 canisters that you might have used in elementary school or middle school to, to make like rocket propelled cars. Um, they run off of this. And they say that one of those canisters can get you around 15 shots. So I've been putting it through its paces. And it fires. It has, it has a magazine. So it has a magazine with these little rubber balls in it. Obviously, you can get the pepper balls that are filled with pepper. And as we showed on the video two weeks ago. Yeah, it, it, it will debilitate someone. I just can't shoot the pepper balls in my yard or in my house. Um, so you load the you load the CO2 canister right here. And obviously it leaks over time. So one of the things that I did was I was shooting with it last week and I left a couple of shots in it. I, I was counting my shots. I said, okay, let me leave a couple of shots in there and see if a week later there'll still be a shot in it. So I haven't tested this yet. Let's see right here. Let's see right here if there is a shot left in it. Okay, watch your ears. This might be a little loud. Yeah, so there's still shots. So obviously it'll leak over time. But I, the last time I shot this was five days ago. And I left a couple shots left over in it. it uh, that was my biggest concern was how the CO2 would last. It lasts. Obviously you're going to want to change it out regularly if you, if you use it as like a bedside gun. But if you're looking for something that you can have, should you need to de-escalate something a situation, this is an excellent, excellent choice. So again, go to burna.com, B-Y-R-N-A.com, and use promo code CONSERVATIVE10 to get an extra 10% off your order. So yeah, I, I don't know, like, I don't know if a non-lethal, we've just played a lot of videos. Obviously, the street brawl from New Jersey, you don't deploy lethal force to a bunch of teenage girls hitting each other. I don't think I would even use a burn up on anyone unless, unless they just started coming after me. Right. But, but th that's the kind of situation where you might want to have a, a burn HD and, and obviously pay attention to your local laws. Some States will allow you to carry this because it's not a firearm. Some States you'd need to have special licenses. Um, but it, it definitely fits a role, but we see what's happening in society. We see a, we, we've covered on the show that so far a police officer, providing security for a Juneteenth parade, a car drives up and a, a woman just starts shooting at him. Well, how can, listen, I, I understand where people are coming from that they say police officers are abusing their power. I understand how, how you can look at the headlines and arrive at that conclusion. And in some cases, I'm sure that there are probably police officers who do abuse their power. I've had interactions with police officers who, who are nasty, right? Who gave me tickets for BS reasons that they clearly didn't have to give me a ticket for but they chose to because they wanted to or make an example. I don't know, right? I've had bad experiences with cops. I've also had really good experiences with cops, but I've talked to a lot of cops about this. I'm like, well, what's the deal? And what they tell me 
is that they are legitimately every day nowadays in fear for their life. When they, when they put on their bulletproof vest and they leave home, they kiss their wife, they are genuinely worried about whether they're going to come home or not. Now, this is something, if you've been in law enforcement a long time, this is something they might you might have experienced in the 80s, in the 90s, when there was a real, real push in like for violent crime. The, the drugs were, were going crazy. And you, and you had literally gangs just killing people. It was a really weird time in American history. I've talked to police officers who've been on the force for, for 40 plus years, and they say that's what it reminds them of today. And then they're truly afraid. So when, when you have a story like what we talked about in Michigan, where a cop is providing security for a Juneteenth parade, a Juneteenth parade, uh, tra not security, like traffic for a Juneteenth parade, and someone just comes up to him and tries to murder him. Think about what that does to a police officer's psyche. Think about what that does to every other police officer who reads that story. The next time they are standing in one area and a car pulls up to them, they're going to be afraid that they're going to be the victim of a drive-by shooting. It, it isn't irrational to see these stories. And if you're a police officer, to be deathly afraid that this is going to happen to you next. And the police in Chicago get a bad rap. We've covered the, the video from a while ago of, of the boy, the, the, the teenage boy who was shot by police, also happened, happened to be holding a gun. What the media doesn't want to share is that in like the couple of months prior, there were dozens of police officers who had been shot at. So when you do a job where it seems like on a daily basis, you're either having a gun brandished at you or being shot at, or God forbid, even shot, and then they hit you, you understand why police are on edge. You understand why tense situations can get out of control. So the way to fix this is not to disarm the police officer because the so the consequence to that in that video from Michigan is that a woman drives up to murder a police officer and he doesn't have a gun to return fire. He just he just gets shot and killed. I mean, that's what happens when you disarm police. When when you defund police and there's not enough police officers to do to do their job to keep the community safe, it doesn't make the community safer. I mean, I've, I've seen lots of videos from local news channels and they basically say that the surging violent crime epidemic, they act like they don't know what caused it. They'll defund the police caused it. When, when, you, when you create this hostility towards police officers, I mean, did you see what happened in Portland? I think it was Portland. Um, correct me, someone correct me if I'm wrong in the comment section. Portland, there was a police officer who is being prosecuted for using excessive force against some Antifa guy, right? And he was breaking up a legitimate riot. He's being prosecuted. The entire like rapid, like the entire SWAT team. It's not like a dedicated SWAT team. It's police officers that volunteer for the SWAT team. Should there ever be a riot or something like that, they all they all quit the the, the volunteer SWAT team. So that that area has no volunteer SWAT team anymore. Why why would you want to do the job? Why would you want to do the job if you're not even going to be allowed to defend yourself, to defend other people? Listen, it's. And then, and then you see these people getting released from jail. The charges dropped. Have you seen just how many of the rioters from New York from last summer have had their charges dropped? Almost all of them. We played on the show that there was a police officer who took a brick to the head. That, that happened in New York last year. Someone saw a police officer and hit him in the head with a brick. Now he had a helmet on, thank God, but that's still attempted murder. So I don't know if that person ever got caught or not, but when you're a police officer and you're taking bricks to the head, you're taking shots to your, your vehicle, you're, you're, you're seeing your brothers in blue getting assassinated while, while parked on the side of the road, just people walking up, shooting them, shooting them dead. And you see that the people perpetrating this violence are being let out of jail, are, are having the charges dropped. Who would want to do that job? Who would want to do that job? So yeah, there have been massive, massive increases in police retirements, in police, um, just people, police quitting, saying, hey, it's, it's not worth it. I'm not going to make it to a pension. It's not even worth sticking around. Massive increases across the country. And can you blame them? But the result is that there are now less police officers to protect us. So when 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 stuff goes sideways, police response times are going to be, are, are be longer. Compounded by the fact that the 
people in power, the Democrats holding positions of power, don't want you to be able to defend yourself. So they don't want the police to, to be able to defend you. They, they want to cut the police so there's not enough money to go around, right? I was looking at, I think it was in Minneapolis. I think it's Minneapolis. There's been a big defund the police movement, obviously, in Minneapolis. They've given the police back their funding, but they haven't given the police enough money to investigate murders. So I, I think this is Minneapolis. I'll, I'll look during the break and see if it's a different one. I'll, I'll say it's Minneapolis, but it might be another city. Let's call it a city. There, there's a city where there are 12 police officers there to investigate murders. That's that's how many. That's how much money the department has to hire officers and detectives to investigate murder and, and other really grave crimes like like rape and things like that. 12 for the entire city. There is enough money that the the city council though has set up set aside enough money to hire over 50 investigators to investigate police misconduct. So murders are are surging. And the police only have 12 detectives to investigate him. But there's now this independent body that has over 50 investigators to investigate the police. I mean, that's what left, that's, that's leftism in a nutshell. So where does it end? I mean, I say on this show a lot that we are closer now to a civil war than at any other point in our country since the last civil war. And the data backs it up. That's not a call to violence, which I'm sure there's someone out there who's listening to this and wants to write an article. It's not a call to violence. It isn't. I, I, I have, I, I showed at the start of the show, me and my son, let's put it up again. Put up, put up my screen, Mr. Producer. I have two sons. I have Max Jr. Put up my, put up my screen. Max Jr. We had a great weekend together at, at SeaWorld. And I have another one, a, a little seven month old baby, Michael. I have no intention to go fight a civil war. I'm the last person who wants to leave my kids and go and fight some war. Hell no, I don't want this. We gotta take it down though. He is very cute. I don't want I don't want any of this. But when you look at what's happening, when you look at the police being defunded, the police being disarmed, police being belittled and demonized, and you see in in Democrat cities, you see the politicians refusing, not just defunding the police, but refusing to even address the crisis at hand. When you see people being dragged out of their street, out of their cars in the middle of the road just because they were flying a flag to, to celebrate their heritage and they're just murdered like some rabid dog on the side of the road, just shot and killed by someone who didn't care, who didn't even rec doesn't recognize their humanity, doesn't see them as the neighbor, doesn't see them as a countryman. They didn't, if you, know, you notice that video, we're not going to play it again. They weren't robbed. The guy who murdered them didn't stop and take his wallet, didn't stop and take his, his phone or his watch. He shot him and then just ran away. What, what is this? We, we, this can't be our country. This, this can't. This can't. So I say we're closer than ever to armed conflict, not because I want it, because all the data, all the evidence, all the anecdotal evidence all point to this position. <laughs> we're closer and I hate it. But the guy in office who's supposed to be bringing the country together, restoring, restoring the soul of the nation. Remember that he's ginning it up. He's ginning it up, proclaiming that the greatest risk to the country is radical conservative white supremacists. What? Show me any of the videos I just showed you, but with white supremacists doing it, show it to me. And that's not to say that white supremacists aren't horrible. They are terrible. I want nothing to do with them. I, I don't even, I couldn't name one right now. That's how little I care about white supremacists. Fine, David Duke. Only because I know that because of how the left went after him. I couldn't name another white supremacist alive today. I couldn't do it. That's how little I care. That's how little thought I give to them. But we're being told that they're the, the greatest risk to the country. Well, I'll tell you, the Puerto Rican man and woman were pulled out of their car and gunned down. I'll tell you that white supremacist extremism wasn't their biggest threat. Wasn't the biggest risk they faced. The cop who was who was at the at the parade and a woman drove up and shot him wasn't white supremacist violence that he had to be afraid of. And yet that's what the administration is pushing. And you notice it, it it's not just that. It's we are the enemies. Because as we've covered on the podcast a lot, a lot of this is, they're talking about conservatives. They're talking about conservatives. If you, if you disagree with the election results, 
They're talking about you. It's sad. It's scary. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it all. We Do we still have a caller, Mr. Brewster? Sorry, I've just been kind of going on a, a yeah, rant about you this. You want to talk to him. You want to talk okay. to him. Sure. Okay, sure. I, I apologize. I, I haven't been looking at the screen where Josh sends me messages. He's been frantically messaging me. Larry is calling in. He wants to talk about his experiences in Chicago. We'll talk to him before we take our break for the hour. Larry, welcome to the show. Hi, Max. I apologize for keeping you on hold. I kind of got on a roll and, and wasn't paying attention to Josh. What That's do you want to talk right. about? I've been enjoying listening to you, man. You're good. Well, we, we are right by Chicago here, Indiana, and we had a one of those uh, holiday things they wanted to do at a bar, and a man ended up dead, which uh, shocks us because we're pat or you know, we're uh, we're east of Chicago, but it's still pretty close in South Bend. You know about is, is, that. Is that, because, is that like uh, is, is that like Gary, Gary, Indiana, that area? No, South Bend, right where uh, Notre Dame is. Okay, South, right oh, South where, Bend. Uh, so I, I didn't I didn't hear South Bend. I got gotcha. you. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, so yeah. it's 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 reaching you now. Yeah, yeah. They wanted to have a, a big uh, party for uh, the new holiday. And uh, apparently, uh, yeah, they ended up with uh, five people shot. One of them died. So That's that incredible. And, and and they blame you. I mean, you, you talk to a Chicago politician. They blame Indiana. They say that Indiana doesn't have strict enough gun laws. So that's why Colorado, uh, sorry, that's why Chicago residents are shooting each other. It's because of Indiana. I mean, that's how past the buck Chicago politicians have become. They blame you for this. Right. Right. They, uh, it's, it's insane. Don't do anything about their gang violence and uh, they want to complain about everybody else. They, they only care about violence in Chicago when it leaves the South Side. As soon as nor the northern parts of Chicago start experiencing it, that's when they care, which anyone who doesn't know Chicago, like the geography of Chicago, that's where the wealthier suburbs are, the wealthier neighborhoods right. are. Not in the south side of Chicago. Right. They only really care when when it starts creeping north, and then they they don't get rid of it. They just push it back down south. Right? They like, no, stay down there. Don't come up here. Terrifying that it's now coming into Indiana. Though I know Gary, Indiana has has some problems too. But it, it's terrifying right. that that Indiana. I mean, it makes sense. It, it makes sense that this kind of violence, this kind of lawlessness, would radiate outwards. It makes complete sense. So what it's what are people from Indiana doing? Are you still going into Chicago? Are you still like going into the city? Well, I'm preaching on my Facebook. Don't go to Chicago. Don't go do anything in Chicago. Um, I'm trying to uh, promote police uh, reform, not reform as much as helping out in support of the police in South Bend. Um, yeah. But against uh, against South Bend was our former mayor, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Mayor yeah, Pete, good judge. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been bad. They, they actually, bad. they actually claimed that he was a racist. They tried to label him as a racist, <laughs> which makes no sense. Um, no, it, it, it's sad. I mean, th this is a, this is a cancer, and and it's not a race thing. It, it's a culture thing. I keep saying it's a culture thing. It's a political, a political ideology thing. The idea that it's okay for people just to be getting gunned down the street as long as the preferred political party keeps winning. They don't have to fix it as long as they keep winning re-election. It's a culture thing. And what's terrifying, and and I see it here in, in parts of Texas too, this, this culture of violence, it's spreading. It's spreading into the schools. It's spreading into teenagers. It, it's it's madness, and something has to give. But I, I don't think we'll see any progress on this as long as we have an administration, we have mayors who are or actively encouraging, or trying to pass the buck and blame something else. Right. I'm trying to get people to vote out uh, uh, Democrats in uh, South Bend, but th that's going to be really hard. But uh, it will be. Yeah. It will be. Well, I, I do appreciate the call, and I'm sorry it took so long to get you on, but we have to break for, for our break uh, for in between the hours. But thank you so much, Larry, for calling in. Well, thanks for I'm sorry that, sh well, that it's you. reaching you, but, but 
no no problem oh it's all right um we're so happy to hear from you guys so keep it up all right thank you have a good one um no there's people all across the country who who are who will 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 tell you i mean i've talked to tons of people who live in different areas and they're saying like it's this is crazy whether you're talking about antifa i mean if if joe calls in i'm sure he's going to have a lot to say about antifa in denver I mean, I mean, he—I he, don't know if he was there or if just other people were there. Um, craziness outside of the Western Conservative Summit in Denver over the weekend. Absolute craziness. And, and anyone who's ever been to the Western Conservative Summit, you know that that's not like Trumpism. I mean, Trump went to these events and he didn't get standing applause, right? The Western Conservative Summit—that—that's the the brand of Colorado conservatives, who many of them have now come come uh, come around to Trump. But many of them still were the ones who were doing everything they could to stop him from being nominated in 2016. So that's by no way, shape or form. Is that like a a Trump, uh, a pro Trump gathering? But they got protested by Antifa and there were there were just street brawls in the middle of Denver, right next to where they were having the convention. Whether you have that or whether you have these this gang violence, whether you see what happens in schools with just people brawling, just fighting It is a culture. And, and lots of people saying, what, what, what do I mean when I say it's a culture? It's, it's a culture of violence. It's a culture of not recognizing the basic humanity of wh- whoever you're talking with. We're going to go a little over, but it's important to say, I, I, what do I blame this on? I, obviously, leftist politics, obviously, like racial identity politics designed to divide us. But I also blame it a lot on, on electronic communications. I, I, I think that... We have become so attached to email, to text messages. It's so easy to talk to someone without even seeing their face. I mean, here, people call in, so I'm able to hear your voice, right? But a lot, lots of the commenters, I don't, I've never met you. I've never seen you, right? I, I know you based on your usernames. And, and I, know, I know your sense of humor. I know what, what you're interested in. I know the topics you're focused on, right? But I, I still haven't, haven't ever seen a lot of you. Well, Take take that a step back and recognize that there are entire there are people who go their whole life without really having a meaningful face to face conversation with someone else. You shoot a text message, you shoot an email, Facebook message, DM, right? You put out a tweet. I I'd say a lot of these situations, seventy percent of their communication is not face to face with someone. What's a consequence of that? A consequence of that is twofold. One, you lose the respect for the basic dignity of who you're talking to, right? Because when, when you're messaging someone online, you're not talking to a person, you're talking to a screen name, right? So, so, so instinctually, what happens is you, you disassociate their humanity with the screen name. It's just a screen name. It doesn't matter if I see someone, if, if, I, if I ruin their day, it's just a screen name. I don't care if I belittle them or if I insult them, it's just a screen name. Right? So you, you don't recognize the humanity of the person you're seeing, but you also don't, re- don't see yourself in them. You, you don't develop the empathy of, of talking to someone and realizing, wow, okay, that's a, that's a human being. That's a human being who looks like they're having a bad day. I had a bad day yesterday. You know what? I, I wish that someone would have given me a break, so I'm going to give them a break today. You lose that when you don't talk to someone face-to-face, when everything goes online. You lose it. So you lose rec- the recognition of their humanity and you lose the empathy. So what happens when in high school you got girls who are who are instant messaging or, or I'm going to show my age, they're TikToking, whatever, whatever medium they're using to get into these cat fights, right? You see how it goes from online cyberbullying. And when it actually gets in person, we see the brawls. We see the cat fights. We see all of that happening where the minute that they actually get in person, it's just a complete all-out brawl. I mean, that, it's not normal. The only way you get there is if you truly lose sight of the other person's humanity and you lose the ability to see yourself in them, which I don't want to get overly philosophical, but it's a big problem. It's a big problem. When, 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 pe- when kids growing up can truly say that their best friend is an internet stranger they've never met and they play video games with, that's a really big problem. Or that, or that they hate someone. Why? Because, because they posted on social media and said something. It's not normal. And I, I think we're seeing the consequence of a decade, two decades of the depersonalization 
of communications. And it, it, is, it is terrifying because how do you fix that? How do you teach someone who, who has grown up not even knowing to look people in the eyes? How do you teach someone to abandon the easy and work on the hard? It's, it's very difficult. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a solution. This is this is depressing me. Well, before I get too sad, let, let's let's take a real quick break. And when we come back on the other side, we're going to talk about maybe a little bit of this. Also, what's going on with the IRS? The IRS is now open season on conservative organizations again. Lois Lerner isn't back, but her policies are. We'll discuss that on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Ronald Reagan famously said that our freedoms are never more than a generation away from extinction. Conservative Daily exists to make sure that never happens. With our community of 700,000 members, we fight every day to hold Congress's feet to the fire and stop them from surrendering our rights and freedoms. The fight to take this country back is not over. Please join our movement right now by going to conservative-daily.com and clicking the subscribe button to sign up for our free call-to-action newsletters. We have a chance to save this country, but only if we all work together. Again, this is conservative-daily.com, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button at the top. 